If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Check. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Let's admit it. Be honest. Who's been to a strip club? All right? My hand just went up. I have. I don't like the place too much. I actually find them very sad. The last time I was in one was um, five or six years ago. All right? I'm not a big fan for a lot of reasons. I just, I know guys go crazy. They go nuts or whatever. It's not my kind of scene. And now that I have matured somewhat, it's really not my scene. But guys go to strip clubs. It it happens. I'm not saying it's right. It just, it happens. Bachelor parties, whatnot, you know, it happens. So with that in mind, why the hell is a New York Post busting that cop's chops? A lieutenant, an ordinary guy, a cop, a civil servant is in a bar, a regular bar in Yonkers. It's not even a, a strip club. They're having some sort of holiday get-together. I don't know. The guys from the uh, the station house and this one cop, uh, he's a lieutenant, and that means he's kind of has some supervisory uh, responsibility. He's not the police commissioner. He's in charge of like, okay, it's a – but it's like a mid-level management, junior-level management. And one of his his subordinates, a young, new, brand-new cop, rookie – She's wearing sexy clothes and she uh, pretends that they're at a strip club and she, you know, well, dances uh, around them, on them, all that stuff. Okay. Um, I put this in the so what category. They're, the guys there uh, broke out their phones. They're hooting and hollering and yelling and screaming. And uh, look, if you've ever been in a strip club, you've seen this before. All right. Yes. Kill me. All right. Yes. I've been to one. I've seen it happen. I don't go anymore. I don't see the use. Even when I was like in my twenties, I didn't see the use. I really was like, it's just not a whatever. It just it's. I found them boring. Anyway, this guy had a dance with this uh, woman, and uh, the the New York Post, the New York Post puts it on the front page. These are ordinary working class people. He didn't run for office. He wasn't a congressman or a state senator. He's a cop. Leave the guy alone. Well, it's a department matter and there's an investigation. Shut up with your silly news hooks. Oh, yes, this could have broken down morale. Well, maybe. And that's, I would say, an internal matter for the uh, police department to handle. I don't think it's front page news. Now, I love the New York Post. My goodness. They, uh, they did such great work on the Hunter Biden laptop. And you know how I feel about Miranda Devine and Michael Goodwin. And these are the truth tellers, the real truth tellers. But... Whoever really is pulling the strings over there, why would they put this on? And by the way, this story has gotten more attention nationally. Some cop with another cop in a consensual dance has gotten more. This has gotten more attention than Hunter Biden's laptop because that was chased off of social media. 
Can you believe this? This is just – so to make matters worse, they put this up. What do they call it? Call of booty. Get it? Call of booty. And they got the picture of the cop with the other cop, and they're having this dance. Again, it's probably against the rules. Well, fix it. Go ahead and fix it inside the de- department. They put it on social media. It goes crazy. The New York Post is writing front-page stories about it. And to make matters worse, they go up to the guy's house and they hassle the guy's wife. Oh, he was married when he was participating in this. Whoa! I've never heard of a married guy ever going to a strip club, have you? Oh! And he's a police officer. That's their that's their excuse. And I call this low-hanging fruit. There's all kinds of scams going on, all right, everywhere. Corporate, huge entities, just but they pick on the little guy. They pick on the little guy. Media does this all the time. There are some great people at the New York Post. There really are. But, man, I can't believe it. I'm not indicting the whole paper, by the way. I'm talking about the – they say you're not supposed to ever pick a fight with people who buy uh, – uh, what do they say? Buy ink by the drum. <laughs> all right. I don't want any per- feud with the New York Post. So I'm going to talk to the one photographer and the person who wrote that story and whoever was the – Dingbat who put this on the front page. Give the cop a break. Those guys have gone through enough. Last year, heads being beaten in at Black Lives Matter rallies. The mayor not backing them up. No significant increase in pay. And now this. What do we want? These guys are not monks. They're not priests. This was not on company time, by the way. That's not being alleged. They weren't in uniform. Leave them alone. Leave them the hell alone. This is still America, ma'am. This is still America. I can't believe it. It's like Big Brother. It's like 1984. Big Tech. Facebook. Google. Instagram. All that crap. Twitter. Everybody ratting on each other all the time. And putting it up on, uh, ooh, I got some likes. Ooh, I got retweets. Ooh. I'm important for eight seconds. Woo! This guy's going to be scarred for life from this. Scarred for life. You tell me what it feels like to have the front, your face on the front page of the New York Post when you didn't do anything wrong. And if he did something wrong, it was minor. All right? And it's between him and his wife and maybe his immediate supervisor, whoever the hell that is. I don't want to say the cop's name. I don't want to make it worse. I don't know if I'm making it worse by bringing this up, but it really, really has me upset. An ordinary police You know how you become a lieutenant? You take a test. It's not like it's a political job. You take a test. He's a civil servant. He passed the test. He passed the test. Again, they're going to hide. Well, he's a manager. Oh, give me a break. You know how many ranks there are between him and the commissioner? About 75. Just stupid. How dare they do that? So let me know if you are uh, as irate about that. You know, again, we're just becoming a society. People just turning each other in all the time. And it's a way to keep people in line. And it's a way to really have a a society that's <laughs> that's not very fun. That's really uptight. Now I'm not saying you know I'm not saying we need to hang out and pretend we're strippers to have fun. I'm not saying that. But there's a there's a strange kind of uh, – everyone's uptight. Everyone's nervous. Everyone's looking over their shoulder all the time. No one's laughing. 
We only the only people who are allowed to or authorized to have fun, it seems, are Dave Chappelle and uh, uh, Stephen Colbert. And you better make fun of uh, Republicans. That's that's where it's really funny. I like Chappelle across the board, but you know, <sighs> who's the latest guy to get turned in? Uh, Chris Noth, by the way. <laughs> wow, talk about loyalty in Hollywood. Chris Noth uh, may or may not have done something 20 years ago. There's no evidence to back any of this up. It's just some woman and her story. She found the courage to tell her truth 17 years later. It's impossible for this guy to defend himself. I'm talking about Chris Noth on Sex and the City, which, yeah, I watched. I actually enjoyed it. I found it interesting. I found it kind of sad at the same time, all these people looking for love in all the wrong places and all that stuff. So uh, Noth. They hung around this guy. When did that show start? 1998? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was a close friend of this guy's in 1998. Ever since. How many years ago was that? 23 years ago. And just now she finds out he's a predator. Give me a break. She put out a, a statement. We are so saddened by this. We believe the women and we support the women. We are here for the women. Now, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kristen Davis, who plays the uptight Charlotte, speaking of uptight, and Cynthia Nixon, who's also uptight, the Miranda one, all three of them, they know Noth for decades. They don't know these women. And there are holes in these stories, by the way, that you could drive an aircraft carrier through. It's just crazy. It's just sad. Uh, And this, (laughs) this is funny. All right, we're going to have some fun now. Where is this guy? Who's that guy? Fanone. My name is Officer Michael Fanone, and I'm a fake cop. He was the Metropolitan Police uh, Officer who hates Trump and allowed himself to be exploited by that January 6th committee. Remember this? Cut 26. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. Room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist. Or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Woo! Disgraceful. But known is really mad. And he's faking that accent. The boy grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, which is dead in the middle of the swamp. Guess what? He was just hired by CNN. He quit the cops. And now he's working for CNN. He's the he's just one of many now. Many. Prime narrative drivers of January 6th who are being paid by CNN, the least trusted name in news. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. It's going to be uh, very... Oh, I was out last night walking around Manhattan. It's dead out there. It's dead. All this talk about the restaurants coming back. I don't know. I don't see it in retail. Retail. Retail was struggling before the pandemic. And then you throw in that Black Lives Matter nonsense when they were breaking store windows and all that stuff. Anything that looked like it was successful, the mob hated. They hated it and they broke windows and did all kinds of things. I got a friend who owns a really nice salon, hair salon. You know, sometimes I go to the barbershop for a haircut. Sometimes I go to the salon and uh, they trash the place. What the hell does uh, the hair salon have to do with uh, George Floyd? And racial justice. What the? I can't believe it. They're just a crazy mob. And too many people, uh, corporate America, afraid to call it out, really, for the disgusting ideology that it represents. Now, Black Lives Matter sounds nice, right? Of course they do. 
But look at what that organization stands for. It's anti-American. It's anti-family. And it's a threat. That's an extremist group. It's an extremist group. And everyone should cut their ties with it. So long as we're cutting ties with extremist groups. Right, Mr. Secretary? The Secretary of Defense is now uh, on a tear trying to root out white uh, supremacy in the Pentagon, of which there is none. It's an excuse. It's a cover to try to get at Trump supporters. It is. Something very sinister is going on in the Pentagon. And as we pursue diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, sounds great, right? But as we do that, our military leaders are losing their edge, whatever edge they had. And you know what they're not talking about in China? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're talking about ways of killing us and taking over this country. You know, that was our big advantage for a long time. America could project force. We were the only country that could go halfway around the world and take over another country. We could do it. It didn't work. We could do it, but we shouldn't have done it, but we did it. We could do those kinds of things. China is now able to do the same thing, and they are coming for us, and we're sticking around with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Excuse me, but we got to get our priorities straight in this country. So Joe Biden has struck out at foreign policy, Afghanistan. He struck out at domestic policy, build back better. Thank you, Joe Manchin, and sincerely, thank you. Where does that leave Joe? Nowheresville. Uh, so they're going to glom on. They're going to keep it going, whatever it takes, January 6th. It's going to be about January 6th. I told you for no one's going to be working on CNN. Uh, oh, what happened to Barbara? I was just about to take Barbara's call, and she hung up. Uh, she had something to say about that lieutenant that we were defending up there in the bar at Yonkers. Barbara, call back. In the meantime, Rich wants to say something about that very topic. Uh, Rich is in Brooklyn. Yes, sir. Uh, hey, Greg. Uh, simple. He was a white lieutenant. That's what this is all about. And you know it. It's 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 apparent everywhere. Uh, you segued into it pretty good. And on another note, um, your buddy Eric Adams uh, was in your partner's restaurant over the weekend. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I saw that, uh, Eric Adams. Look, I told. I don't know if you heard what I said. Look, two things, though. I'm going to say this. Uh, I saw a black cop get in trouble for something similar a couple of years ago. He was at the West Indian Day Parade, and one of those dancers kind of kind of was grinding on him a little bit. He it was very much in the spirit of the moment, and I think they gave him a pass, and I think he deserved a pass too. It was like momentary thing. I don't know if this is race based, but you're right. I mean, there are people, there are people in the news industry who have said to me, you're crazy for taking on Eric Adams. Like, why? Because he's black. It's as simple as that. The mainstream media, they take all these weirdo cues from the left. It's not okay to criticize anybody if they're black. It's okay to criticize people if they're Asian. It's very okay to criticize people if they're white. I am not going to subscribe to any of that stuff. Now, having said all that, I'm going to say this about Eric Adams. I've wiped the slate clean. He's done a lot of things in his life that I did not like, uh, and I've called him out for it, all right? I'm not going to keep beating 
that drum. I'm, I'm forgiving him, quite frankly. I have chosen to forgive him for some of the things he did. Not that he's asked for my forgiveness, not that he sought it, but whatever. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to wish him the very, very best. There is, There have been moments in American history where some nitwit gets a big job. Sorry, <laughs> here I am <laughs> making all nice. Some individual gets a job, and they're not qualified for it, but they do amazing things. You know who one of those guys was? Truman. Uh, Harry Truman. When he became president, they were like, wait a second. This, this guy was the vice president? This guy? They, they had absolutely no expectations for him. Even Harry Truman was like, there are 10,000 people in America who could do a better job as president than I, am, than I can. But it's me. So maybe we'll see something like that. I don't know. Is it time? It's time. Uh, Barbara, if you're out there, I apologize. Oh, she's back. Let's do this real quick. Barbara, uh, what, hi. Hi, Greg. Listen, I didn't hang up. I was disconnected. So then I hung up the phone. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, you're back on. Now you want to say something about that cop who was on the yeah, front page you know of the what? New York Post. What do you say? Okay, now, you said that they were dancing around. It sounds like they were waltzing or, you know, dancing around. No, I said it was a lap dance. I said it. It was a lap dance. No, well, I heard you say at some point that they were dancing around. But actually, he was sitting on a chair, and she was straddling his lap, (gasps) grinding her butt into his groin. Yeah. A rookie cop. Oh, my gosh. That that wasn't dancing around. That was deliberately salacious. Yes, I know. Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. we got to get that on the front page of the newspaper. we got to get that on the news channels. Barbara, it's not a big deal. I'm sorry. I disagree. (laughs) I called the woman getting her moment of Did you call her a what? Now, come on. Let's be nice. She's bloody female. Stop that. (laughs) <laughs> Please don't call her that anymore. She's a cop, and by the way, she feels bad now. You know she doesn't deserve Too to be. Late. A, you know, hey, have you been around on Halloween? Have you ever gone out on Halloween? No, not recently. Well, uh, got news for you: half the women in New York City dress up as um, sexy something or others, sexy nurses, sexy uh, doctors, sexy teachers. They just they all do it. I don't know what it is. Wait, so what do you think should happen? Do you think this is news? Do you think this should be on the front page of the New York Post? Well, they put a lot on the front page that really shouldn't be there. That isn't relevant. That is relevant, Barbara. It's supposed to be comic relief. Comic relief, except if you're that guy or that guy's wife or this person. Barbara, you sound a little judgmental to me, a little judgmental. Who instigated it? Did he invite her to or did she voluntarily straddle him. Well, that's why we have an investigation, because we have to get these questions answered. Who invited who, and who straddled who, and how, and when, and was consented? (laughs) We have to get all these questions answered. That's why we have an inspector general and a news media, because I have to find out when that girl uh, uh, sat on his lap exactly what was going on, right? And we're going to put the results in the newspaper. Barbara, come on, you're smarter than this. All right, she's listening to herself on the radio. Thank you, Barbara. It's a thought-provoking. I have to go, but I shall return. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Weirdest thing in the world, Joe Biden gave away his own dog. He gave away his own dog. What kind of man does that? Now, Joe Biden, phony baloney guy that he is, came in there with champ and major. Remember that? And, uh... I can't remember if it was Champ or Major, 
Major was biting everybody. Major bit the Secret Service agents. He bit uh, uh, one of the grandkids. He bit Joe Biden. And then he died. And then he died mysteriously. And then the other dog, who they allegedly had since like 2008, 2000, no, actually more recently, 2012. It's not that old. They gave him away. They just gave him away. Who does that to you know, sometimes you put a dog down, you know, if he's in both. They, they, they gave him away and they replaced it with a puppy. That's so strange. What's happening there? Something is up with Joe Biden and his dogs. Who remembers? And do me a favor, find this. He told Jake Tapper last December, maybe January, that he pulled the dog's tail in the alley by on the third floor of his house. He actually said that. On the third floor of Joe Biden's Delaware mansion, he has an alley, and he pulled the dog's tail as a joke, and then Joe fell over and broke his foot. It's the craziest story. It's not true, but he told it. Anyway, something's going on with these dogs. You can go to my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA, for more information. In the meantime, folks, speaking of my Twitter, uh, good luck finding me there at Greg Kelly USA because guess what? I am being censored, shadow banned, all kinds of trickery they're pulling with my Twitter account. Now, why are they doing that? Because I'm raising key questions about January 6th, because I'm not letting go the death of Ashley Babbitt, because I can be very, very critical of Joe Biden. These are the reasons why I am being reduced on that social media platform. Now, so what? Well, no, that's kind of important because as an American, I am allowed to shoot off my mouth. I am. Well, Greg, Twitter's a private company. You know what? Maybe we should change that. You know, I can go out on the street and talk. I have the. Is that freedom of speech? Is it freedom of speech if they can cut you off from an audience? I think that infringes on freedom of speech. If they can cut off the audience, they can manage it. They can control the dialogue of this country by minimizing certain voices and elevating others, magnifying others. That's what's happening right now. Now, think of this. Quite frankly, it's brilliant. Uh, And I came up with it myself. Imagine Alexander Graham Bell when he invented the telephone and his buddy there, Watson. Imagine if they only sold that phone to people they agreed with, people they liked, people they uh, – you can only talk about this stuff. Don't talk about January 6th on the phone or only talk, only call it an insurrection. You, you, We will not give anybody a phone unless they're a Democrat. Can you imagine that? That would be horrible. We could not – it was such an amazing invention. We would have taken it away from Watson and uh, Alexander Graham Bell. Uh, what about Electricity. If Thomas Edison said, I'm only giving this electricity to uh, to people who voted for uh, who was running for president back then. I don't know. Andrew Johnson. I'm only giving it if you voted for Andrew Johnson or Garfield or one of those guys. Who knows? That would be crazy. The government would have taken it from them. And now we've got we have that very situation. It's that simple. We've got uh, Twitter silencing people like me. We've got. Uh, Facebook, silencing and minimizing people like me and you, by the way. It's crazy. And they can do it because they're private citizens? No, it's too big. It is too big a thing. We've got to take that from them. Now, that sounds like socialism. Well, you know, uh, uh, it's not socialism. It's been done before. Break up the monopolies, antitrust. 
We've done it throughout history. We broke up Microsoft in 2000. Remember that? Joel Klein, the school's chancellor, he was the key lawyer. We broke up Microsoft. We divided it into three different companies. We did the same thing to AT&T in the early 1980s. We've got to take these companies away from these liberal jerks who don't like us. And Mark Zuckerberg, you know, if I say the election was stolen, uh, they call the cops. So I'm not going to say that. I have grave concerns about the fairness of the 2020 election. I can say this, though. It looks like Mark Zuckerberg set out to buy that election. That guy put in a half billion dollars into liberal nonprofits to do all kinds of trickery, and he got away with it. It's incredible what's happening. They are stealing our country, and I am uh, – I'm not – I'm just not – I can't shut up about it. Uh, although they're trying to, they really are. All right. Your phone calls when I return. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Um, I love these little fruit chews. You know what I mean? They say, Ooh, you can taste the real fruit. I've got Mott's assorted fruit. I've got uh, Welch's, and I know there's absolutely no fruit in these things, no matter what they say, but they are delicious. Scale, uh, you're calling from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Hello. Hi there. Um, regarding the issue of the policeman and the lap dance and the rookie cop, yeah. you keep seeming to forget to mention he was the young woman's boss. I think that's what might be at the heart of this big issue. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, I mean, it might oh. not have been such a problem if she wow. were just a complete stranger. Oh, my God. How could a boss and a subordinate carry <laughs> on like that? I've never heard of such a thing. That's, I well, mean, I just on. never. And, oh, gosh, in in the 44th precinct, to think that there is a lieutenant who might have a thing with a underling. I just, we got to get this but on the front page. everybody. I mean, I'm sympathetic to Look. him, too. But in this climate, you know. It's Screw this climate. Screw oh, okay. this climate. Oh, I'm over this climate. We can tur- we can dial down the temperature or turn it up. I mean, you can't treat human beings like this. This is a normal mistake. All right, let's handle it like normal people. Let's not put some lieutenant, a working class guy. How much do lieutenants make? You tell me. I think it's actually. I think they do pretty well. I think they make about a hundred and ten grand. I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, the cop herself probably makes forty grand. So what? I mean, really, front he page news. Yes, so, so we're going to shame them all? Hey, you should yeah, know better. Hey, Gail, come on, Gail. Gail, he must have known that. haven't you made a mistake that you didn't want on the front page of the newspaper? I've made That's about... sure. Right, we all have. So let's be careful, you know? Yeah, all right. Okay. All right, thank Talk you. I think I won her over. Gail, thank you so much. I got another Gail standing by in Staten Island. Gail, did you donate money the other day? Was that you? Yes. I'm so pleased. You made me proud. All of you. I didn't th- mention this yesterday. Thank you for the uh, Cohen's Medical Center uh, Radiothon, whatever that thing was. Uh, you were all great. And apparently I made more money for those uh, sick kids than any radio person around here. So uh, thank you. About you. Listen, Greg, I was listening to you cracking me up. You know, we have all these committees. Uh, we have... Uh, the Committee for the Insurrection, which really was, to me, a riot. The Committee against, you know, the Russian collusion. The Committee for this. The Committee to now bring diversity so it can bring down the morale of all our service members risking their lives for our country. Um, why don't we have a committee 
about the pandemic, the gift from President Xi. We're relying on one man. There's so many brilliant epidemiologists out there. Why don't we have a committee of them together? So when he starts talking, it could sit around the table and say to Fauci, what are you talking about? Hey, Gail, the best committee we had was this guy when he blamed it on who was actually responsible. Remember this guy? It was China's fault, and China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. And then you got Kamala. Do me a favor. Cut eight. It is no one's fault that that this virus hit our shores or hit the world. That was this morning. Can you believe that, Gail? I'll take a committee of one. Trump. Although he worked with a lot of people. I'll be back soon. Thank you, Gail. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, there's a uh, couple of neighborhoods that we gotta we gotta talk about in Bronx and Queens. I'm not exactly sure what neighborhoods elected AOC, but somebody up there did. Somebody out there did. You know, you had a great guy in Crowley who might be speaker by now if you guys hadn't voted in AOC, Alexandria Casio Cortez. She is appalled what Joe Manchin did. Shooting down that build back better nonsense. Cut 14, please. Absolutely. And I mean, this idea that, again, over time has has switched from a talking filibuster to now just being able to stand up and posture and make a threat. God forbid that that they might actually have to show up and stand or or sit and actually have to talk and actually live out the threat of their filibuster. I mean, it is it is unconscionable the way that the Senate operates. It's fundamentally undemocratic. And now what it's doing is that it is allowing the stripping of people's voting rights across the country. Uh, this is what you guys gave us. Uh, <laughs> her. She doesn't know how the world works. She doesn't know much of anything. She doesn't know how much she doesn't know. And there she is shooting her mouth off. Uh, uh, famous on Twitter. Uh, that's all anybody seems to want in Congress these days, by the way. Uh, Twitter fame. I've noticed that. Even Republicans. A lot of the Republicans are just out for Twitter fame. Um, now, Twitter serves a purpose, but uh, AOC is now the gold standard. They all want to be like AOC. Um, but we've had that before in this city. Just crazy leftist nut jobs who get a lot of attention but never get anything done. There's a guy in Harlem. His name was um, D. Mark Antonio or something like that way back in the 50s. He was a big, big, big deal. Everybody talked about him. And there will come a day where nobody will talk about AOC and some guy's going to be on the radio or whatever they're listening to in 50 years and they'll be talking about AOC and nobody will know who it is. I hope so, at least. I don't think she can become president. Do you? I don't think so. Although, if they keep screwing around with uh, voting... I don't like this voting from home. I don't like it at all. Too much subject to too much trickery. You got to show up and do things in America. But COVID has given an excuse to everybody to do anything they want, including quit their jobs and get paid. Uh, there are all kinds of strange things. They're trying to redesign our brains to make us more reliant on the government. Uh, they're trying to enhance their control of everything. I don't like one bit of this. Now we're on the verge, it looks like, of another freakout over the Omicron. I shall not freak out, just like I did in last year. 
I just kept going to work. I did what they told me to an extent. All right, but uh, I think we should, if you've got pre-existing conditions and you're of a certain age, that's one thing. But they're not going to shut down. They're not going to shut me down. It looks like they're on the verge of shutting schools down and everything else. Can you believe it? We're going to do it again. And Joe Biden said, I'm going to stop the virus. I'm going to stop the virus. It's the first thing we're going to do. Kamala said that as well. Now it's on them. It truly is. Far more deaths under Biden and Harris than under Trump. And uh, all right. All right. Uh, Let's see. There was one other thing I had to get to uh, while I'm. Oh, you know, while I get this ready, I am going to talk very briefly to. uh, Oh, Brooklyn. Her name is Brooklyn and she lives in Brooklyn. Yes, Brooklyn. Hi, Greg. Hi. Hi. Uh, I was I, I, w- I wanted to ask you, um, do you think that this front page um, story with the police officer have anything to do with the new commissioner and the NYPD commissioner coming in? Mm, no, I don't. I think it's more about uh, the New York Post, and uh, I think it's more about them taking a cheap shot at a working class person. I don't think it's about that. She's not commissioner yet. I don't see that as being a factor. My my criticism is really not of the police department. It's of the media and how they've hyped this story and, you know, just damn them for sending up a photographer to hassle that cop's wife. That's how I feel. I don't see anything else. Am I missing something? Yes, you are. Okay. Didn't the Post, didn't the post endorse Adams? Yes, they did. But what's the tie-in? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I was mystified by that as well. So you think, you think that because the, the, what? The cops are going to have a hard time with this new commissioner, in my opinion. What makes you say that? I just feel it. What are you, a psychic? Are you like my friend up in the, are you really? (laughs) Watch. Uh, Well, listen, I know she's got her work cut out for her. She's never done this before. She's never run a police department before. She's got to prove a point. She's got to prove that she's cracking down. And, oh, you know, I see. But, you know, she's, she's not commissioner yet. She's not going to be commissioner for two weeks. So I don't know if this is uh, – I don't think this has anything to do with her. But it's an interesting theory, Brooklyn, and I love your insights most of the time. I have another question for you. Another question, a statement. Okay. <laughs> the music she was dancing to or the music that was playing was Jamaican reggae dance hall, and that's the type of dance they do in the dance hall. So? So she wasn't doing anything really wrong. Oh, you mean that's uh, like the Lombada, the dance of the devil? Well, you know, that's how how Jamaicans dance. They They dance all kinds of ways. They don't just dance one way in Jamaica. In the dance hall, dance hall reggae music. In the club? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Jamaican people, white people, Asian people, I... I know what goes down in that club, in the clubs. I've seen it myself. By the way, I don't think they quite do that in the club. They do that in the oh, strip yeah. club, not in the dance club. We, the we guy was sitting on a club. chair. That's a that's a strip club situation, not a dance club situation. That's how they dance in Jamaica, um, Greg. <laughs> Brooklyn, I, I love your voice, by the way, but uh, are you Jamaican? Yes, I am, Greg. Well, wait a second. They don't. They they. So let me get this straight. In Jamaica, in the club, the guy sits on a chair and the girl does all the dancing. They can lean against the wall or they can participate, but that's the way the women get down. All right. 
Who's going to Jamaica? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Brooklyn. Uh, I am not going to Jamaica. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't do that anymore. That's fine. Uh, by the way, ooh, this is good. Uh, so Nancy Pelosi is <laughs> back in her district in San Francisco, and she's uh, making one of those phony baloney afternoon statements to get on the local news. And uh, listen to what happens. Uh, a fan of Brandon's comes by. Listen to this. He brought to that committee his experience as a local official, as a member of the state legislature. This is this is if so. In any case, Mark, Mark Disonnet. I love it. I love it. You know, what my favorite part is when after he says, "Let's go, Brandon." He just goes, "Woo!" Can I hear that again, please? That's the best. He brought to that committee his experience as a local official, as a member of the state legislature. This is this is if so. In any case, Woo! Awesome, awesome. I love this Brandon thing. Remember when Biden came by the studio? Biden in his in his in his car. Unfortunately, we didn't have the Brandon thing. So what did I yell at? I'm like, Biden, uh, you stink. <laughs> Let's go. Brandon is so much more sophisticated and interesting and clever. But um, anyway, uh, I'm glad I said something. We already talked about Chris Noth. You know how I feel. This is a uh, trial guilt by accusation. It's totally ridiculous. Meanwhile, uh, this guy is losing contracts left and right. He's lost his publicist. He's lost his friends. He's lost his uh, tequila company. Yet um, uh, January 6th, phony baloney cops are inheriting the world. Uh, here we go. Oh, uh, Michael Fanon is now working for CNN. And here he is talking about just how hard it was on him on January 6th. Uh, Metropolitan Police Cop, Police Cop, uh, Michael Fanone, cut 29. What happened afterwards is much less vivid. I had been beaten unconscious and remained so for more than four minutes. I know that Jimmy helped to evacuate me from the building and drove me to MedStar Washington Hospital Center, despite suffering significant injuries himself. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack. And I was later diagnosed with a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow, all those things. And post-traumatic stress disorder, huh? All right, so on January 6th, he tells us he suffered all those things. Heart attack, uh, a significant brain injury, January 6th. Well, a week and a half later, this guy was doing media interviews. He was in uniform, totally healthy, out and about conducting media interviews where he was slamming Trump supporters. Here's a portion of that. Here he is uh, yelling and screaming about, uh, I mean, all kinds of partisan politics. Cops should not be doing this. Hey, I have no problem with a cop in a strip club. I do have a problem with a cop talking like this about active partisan matters that they have no business talking about, publicly at least. Cut 27. Right now, one of those parties has a cancer, and we got to cut it out. The individuals in the crowd that, um, you know, that helped me uh, or, or tried to offer some assistance. Uh, and I, I think kind of the conclusion I've come to is like, you know, thank you, but f- you for being there. Um, yeah, I keep it to yourself, Fanone. This guy should be should have been fired. He quit. 
And by the way, he's blaming cops on the way out the door. He's like, I can't trust them anymore. Um, I felt like I was being punished. Yeah, you probably were. Because you can't talk like that when you're a cop about these political matters. That goes for your buddy Dunn as well. Now, I'm going to play you this. This is from a documentary called, I think, Four Hours on HBO. And this is Fanon when he's in the kind of amid all of the protesters. He seems to be having some sort of an issue, but they're not harming him in any way. But he seems to be very dazed. His eyes are open and he's screaming or yelling at least. And I'm going to tell you what's happening. Keep my mic open because I want to play this. You're not going to be able to see it, but I'm telling you, everything the guy says is happening is not happening. You're going to hear the narration from his buddy, his partner, but you're going to see, I will be seeing the images. I'll tell you what I see. I hope this works. I think it will. Cut 27. I remember looking down and seeing this crowd like attacking Mike and somebody from the crowd was dragging him up toward me. He wasn't being dragged. He was being pushed and helped. And I remember grabbing him and pulling him back behind me. And then once I knew that other officers were pulling him back, I turned back around to make sure nobody else was, like, following him. He was being helped by Trump supporters, being pushed and helped up. I mean, he was completely unconscious. His eyes are wide open. His eyes are, he's not completely unconscious. He's, he's right there. It's like fake news right before your eyes, courtesy of HBO. HBO, which brought us Sex in the City. Um, no, never mind about that. Mm. <sighs> Cut 41. Joe Biden still has not the origins of COVID no. to Xi Jinping. Well, they spoke four to. times this year. Why do you think that is? Because he's afraid of them. And I think he's afraid of the fact that they gave billions of dollars to his son. And so they have something on him. Yeah, of course they do. People who speak the truth, like Trump, quite frankly, like me, much smaller level, in big ways and small, we're being minimized. It's very, very dangerous. And people who say what the left wants them to say, like Officer Fanon, they are being elevated and magnified. Putting that guy as a law enforcement expert on CNN, because he can't talk about January 6th all the time. And by the way, he is a bad cop. He's a bad cop. So he was a Capitol Hill police officer about 15 years ago or so. And he got fired. Why? Because he liked to do things his own way. He was bored on Capitol Hill, so he used to run off to Anacostia, a neighborhood in northeast Washington, D.C., noted for its crime and chase after bad guys. Well, that sounds great, but uh, it wasn't his job. He was supposed to be on Capitol Hill, so he got fired. They never talk about that. By the way, Officer Dunn is also making a lot of noise. He wants a TV gig as well. He'll probably get one, just like this woman. Uh, Alyssa Farah, Alyssa Farah, she worked for Trump, then she got fired in December of 2020, but she said all the stuff that the swamp wanted to hear after January 6th, and now CNN has hired her. Now, what did the, what did they want to hear after January 6th, uh, cut 44? Just to be clear, you, you would feel safer today if President Trump resigned 
and Mike President uh, Vice President Mike Pence took over? I would. I would. I would. There you go. If you and that was a Trump official saying that she wanted Trump gone, and she gets rewarded. She is now a full time political analyst over there at CNN. I am so surprised what some of these people will do for a job. Quite frankly, um, political jobs. They think that the world should be at their feet once they serve in Washington, D.C. And they do crazy things for not that much money. Uh, More on that when we return. Your calls and some other matters. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. All right. Dog gate. Wait a second. Joe Manchin leaving the door open to continued talks. Ay, ay, ay. What is Joe Manchin doing here? Was that all a, a silly ploy? Was that all a little game? Was that, uh, was that, I, <laughs> Joe, stick to your guns. Joe Manchin is waffling. Joe Manchin, was that a little trickery on his part? Joe Manchin is going to reverse himself? Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the headline right now, Biden Manchin, uh, opened the door to continued negotiations. Uh, interesting. Uh, interesting. Joe has blown it so far. I had imagined he would blow this as well. Oh, well. Hey, uh, regarding his dog, he can't even manage his own dogs. So one dog died mysteriously. The other dog he gave away. <laughs> it bit a bunch of people, and then he just gave it away. But he's had this dog since 2014. If you have a dog for 10 years, does he bite people anymore? No, they do that as puppies. He's got a new dog. The whole thing is weird. And this was weird. Just before he was sworn in as president, there was an incident with his dog. Now, do you remember Joe is walking around with a boot, the modern version of a cast? Yeah, he had a boot on his leg. And they're like, well, what's where'd you get this uh, boot? What's going on with your foot? Here's Joe's excuse. He blames it on the dog. How is your foot and what happened? What happened was... uh... I got out of the shower. I got a dog, and anybody who's been around my house knows, dropped a little pup, dropped a ball in front of me, and for me to grab the ball, and I'm walking through this little alleyway to get to the bedroom, and I grabbed the ball like this, and he ran, and I was joking, running after, grab his tail, and what happened was that uh, he slid on a throw rug, and I tripped on the, on the rug he slid on. That's what happened. Oh, man. <laughs> not, not, not very exciting story. Exciting story. That is an exciting story. What the hell happened? He slipped. He was in the alley. He grabbed the tail. What is it? What is he doing throwing a ball? You, you throw a ball to the dog right after you get out of the shower? What? No. No, you don't. Can I hear it one more time? Listen carefully. There are so many weird things that he says in a span of about uh, 18 seconds. Let's see if we can uh, catch them all. Go ahead. How is your foot and what happened? What happened was I, <laughs> I got out of the shower. I got a dog and anybody who's been around my house knows dropped a little pup, dropped a ball in front of me and for me to grab the ball. And I'm walking through this little alleyway to get to the bedroom. And I grabbed the ball like this and he ran. And I was joking, running after him to grab his tail. And what happened was that uh, he slid on a throw rug. And I tripped on the on the rug he slid on. That's what happened. Oh man. <laughs> not 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 very exciting story. Are you kidding me? That is a very exciting story. Let's go through it. He gets out of the shower 
and the dog decides then to present a ball to Joe Biden. That's the last place. This is not a new dog. All right, so they're going down the alleyway on the uh, in his house. Anybody who's been to his house, he has an alleyway leading to the leading to the bedroom. And he throws the ball, but wait, no. Then he grabbed his tail as a joke. He grabbed the dog's tail. This makes no sense at all. The dog slips on the throw rug, then Joe trips on that same rug. I mean, this guy is lying his face off. Something happened to his foot, but it had nothing to do with that dog. Now he has another dog. They got rid of that dog who's still alive. They gave it to somebody else. I know it sounds like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but this guy can't tell the truth. That's totally weird. And um, Al in the Bronx, welcome back. Yeah. Al? It sounds like he's in a toy store. Hello? All right. Christine in Bell Harbor. Hi. Hi, Greg. It's great to talk to you. I just wanted to commend you for actually speaking about Christmas. During this, yes, Christmas season, I feel like everything gets commercialized and they just whitewash over everything. And it's so refreshing that you speak about it. I would like all your listeners to actually wish people a Merry Christmas if they're Christian and be proud of it because we shouldn't be feeling like we're doing something wrong to wish somebody a Merry Christmas. I think we should all try to do something, our own little part, to keep Christ in Christmas, and keep God in our language. Yes, I do, but I'm going to remind you what uh, I agree with everything you said. Eric Metaxas is a pretty well-known conservative. He's active on the radio and uh, other platforms. He's got a great podcast, and he is aware of what you're talking about, this effort to secularize everything and minimize Christmas and don't say Merry Christmas, say Happy Holidays and all that stuff. He goes on to say that's happening. That's an actual real thing, but those efforts would not stand a chance if people like you and me uh, spoke boldly about our faith and what it has to offer people. The peace, the tranquility, the sense of uh, mission, uh, you know, the ease of conscious, uh, conscience, it's, it's, just a, it's just a magnificent what our faith, it's an, it's an adventure. People think and, if I... It has to start in the home, because we are really, our kids are being targeted. And I did, in my own way, I wrote a book called Wheel of a Godlight. I sent it to you. Congratulations on your new baby. I actually sent it to you. Signed it to your older daughter, because I have two girls and a boy, and I remember when my second daughter was born, everybody made a fuss over her and kind of overlooked my older one, so I always like to give, like, a big sister gift. So I sent it to your station. I hope you read it. Um, I, How I long is the book? Oh, it's it's a bedtime story. It's twenty pages. Oh, okay, good. I'll definitely read it. It, it. Yeah, you read it to read it to your daughter. It just again talks about everybody having a God light. It doesn't talk about Jesus. It's more of a universal kind of. Let's start here. We all have a piece of God in us. We all have a light, and when we do things for each other, we feel that light. We feel good about each other, and we have a connection. Basics. Thought it there. Talk about it with your children. I mean, I knew, I knew your Aunt Teresa. She was a wonderful woman. And um, my Aunt Teresa, you knew Aunt Teresa? I did. I did. She was. She was great. She had the best dry wit, 
ever. Yeah, and no. the best crumb cakes to make. I loved breezy point for a while. Uh, and we have Christine, I thank you for the book. I'll be looking forward. Yeah, we lost Teresa three years ago. Thank you so much. I look forward to this. The Godlight. I will. I will find it. I will read it. I'll share it. Thank you very much. I got to take one more. Hank in Long Island. Hank, uh, where in Long Island, please? Uh, Seaford. Okay, what's up? Yeah. Oh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And um, I just wanted to make a comment about, you know, the lap dance thing. But before I do that, um, I'm just like the other caller. I'm glad that you do talk about God and your faith. Um, I'm a retired lieutenant from the NYPD. Uh, I was promoted by your dad. He was the best commissioner ever. Um, after I re- after I retired, after 20 years of service, I went to Bible school and I passed through a church here in Long Island. And I like talking about my faith and... Um, can I give the church a shout out? You want a what? Can I can I name my church? No. Or no. Of course okay. you can. Right, Go I'll, ahead. Uh, okay, it's Windsor Avenue Bible Church in beautiful Oceanside, New York. And I'm Pastor Hank and Hank Anderson, retired NYPD lieutenant. Um now just in regards to the to the lap dance incident, it's kind of, uh, I agree with you 100%. That should not have been uh, page one news. That's yellow journalism. They're attempting to ruin that man's life and, and, uh, and then harassing his wife and stuff. Um, it's, it's really sad. Um, the funny part is he got transferred, they said, to Transit District 12. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but that's like the country club <laughs> of, uh, of the police department. He actually got a, he's actually in a better place now than where he used to work. And, um, Are you I sure did, about that? It's certainly. I don't think it's as uh, interesting or as prestigious, right? Yeah, it's not as prestigious, but you know, Transit District Twelve is. Uh, that's you know, that's Northern Bronx. It's nice. It's outdoors. It's it's uh, elevated trains. He's going to get a ton of overtime. Hopefully, he'll uh, you know do his years. Maybe he'll study and uh, you know become a captain. But you know, eventually, it should be water under the bridge. He'll probably get a ten day suspension. And you know, life ten on. day suspension. But, um, well, look, I think they ruined. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Anyway, Hank, thank yeah. you so much. Best to everybody in that church. I love Oceanside, the great big pool there. What's up? Yeah, I gotta. I'll be right back. Thank you, Hank. This is Greg Kelly on seventy-seven WABC. Uh, Joe Biden is poised to speak to the nation when no one will be watching in the afternoon. On a weekday before Christmas, uh, he's afraid of primetime addresses. He doesn't do those very well. He doesn't do press conferences very well. He doesn't do much very well. Uh, it's true. He doesn't manage foreign policy well. He doesn't manage domestic policy well. He doesn't communicate well. Uh, what does this guy bring to the table? Get back to me on that. Okay. <laughs> I think he's uh, what he brings to the table is not for our benefit. He's doing the bidding, I do believe now. I think we know enough. He's, uh, I think he's owned by China. I think he's owned by Ukrainian official officials and some Russians know about it. So um, it's a very odd, odd situation. And so many covering for him. So many pretending that this isn't totally abnormal, that this isn't catastrophically bad. The media is responsible for so much. They provided him, maybe even him, with this false sense of uh, wellness, this false sense of uh, accomplishment. They should be tougher on him, and that would actually serve him. 
because he might get the message, hey, I'm failing here. Hey, only 36% of the country thinks I'm doing a good job. I have to do something different. I have to change my game. This is not working, but he won't do that. No one in the press is calling for it. Uh, the mainstream media, yeah, you got me. You got some people on Fox, but they write us off and they diminish us. Try to get us kicked off of uh, cable companies. Try to uh, minimize us on social media. That ultimately is not good even for Joe Biden. It's not good for him. Okay, you know what I mean? So he's going to hand out 500 million test kits, at-home test kits. What the hell are we going to do with those? How much do they cost, by the way? And what gives him the right to start handing out these things? This is not what presidents do. It's just not. We're going to start sticking these things in each other's noses for the next year, three years. I'd like, we don't need these things. We don't. Hey, if you're a relatively healthy person and you get COVID, you don't even have to find out if you got COVID. Just stay home and get over it. Just stay home and get over it. If you got to go to the hospital, go to the hospital. But why are all these, some of these people waiting online out of curiosity? Now, some need the clean bill of health for their employer, trying to comply with this OSHA thing, which was on again, then off again. Now I guess it's back on again. And Joe loves it. He's in it for the power. Take a look at that guy. You think he's in it for you? You think he's in it for me? What actually motivated this guy? Gain, ambition, him, himself, nice clothes, parties, travel, houses, mansions. That's what he loves. That's what makes him tick. It's incredible, actually, the legacy of Barack Obama because we got Joe Biden because of Barack Obama's youth and inexperience. Uh, Obama was, what, 43 years old, 44 years old. He was young, black. Uh, he was had a unique name. So the thinking goes, and this is people close to Obama. This is people who liked him. They said, well, you can't go with anybody but an older, seemingly experienced white guy. Has to be. Because you, Barack, are too experimental. We need somebody who's been around, <clears throat> who's been around forever, who's semi-innocuous. Joe Biden. <laughs> That's how he got it. Not because he was exemplary, because he was the opposite of exemplary. Beneficiary, by the way, of white privilege. <laughs> I'm not one to point out white privilege, but Joe's got a lot of white privilege because he didn't have much in the way of ability. He didn't have much in the way of accomplishment. You know, being a United States senator is kind of a big deal to get yourself elected there. He got himself elected after two years on the city council. He was 29 years old. It's a joke. It's a joke. In a county, I mean, sorry, in a state that is smaller than some counties in California, in some counties in New York State, I think. We actually have a county up there. It might even be called Delaware County. What's the biggest county in New York State? There are some huge counties up there. There's Wyoming County. There's Delaware County. And they go on forever. I bet we got a county that's bigger than Delaware. What's the biggest county in New York State? Have you figured? The biggest county is St. Lawrence County. St. Lawrence County. What's the square mileage? Square mileage, 2,821 square miles. Hmm. All right. Now let's take a look at uh, how big Delaware is. Uh, this may blow up in my face, and it's okay because I do know a county. Uh, how big is Delaware? Mm. Ah! <laughs> Delaware is less than 2,000 miles, 2,000 square miles. 
We have a county in New York State that's bigger than Delaware, the state. Who's the who's the county executive of uh, St. Lawrence County? I don't know. It's probably not going to be president, though. Well, you never know. You see where I'm going with this? I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, people are really interested in this uh, in this stripper. Oh, wait, first, uh, Dorothy in Pennsylvania. Hi. Hi, Greg. Um, I was calling about the actor Chris Knopf that Sarah Jessica Parker said that they should believe the women. Yeah. But uh, Tara Reid, Biden's accuser, no, that st- uh, story was buried, and nobody ever talks about it. But with President Trump, who our real president is, uh, they, like Stormy Daniels, constant, constant about her. But, you know, nobody talks about Tara Reid. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to have Tara Reid back on my show. I was talking to her last night. She's been on my show a couple of times. I was communicating with her last night, and we're going to get her on the show because she's been noticing everything that's going on, and she has a lot more to say. All right, look, Joe Biden just started speaking about the COVID situation live at the White House. We're going to listen for a little bit. have gotten sick. We've all experienced upheaval in our lives. But while COVID has been a tough adversary, we've shown that we're tougher. Tougher because we have the power of science and vaccines that prevent illness and save lives. And tougher because of our resolve. So that let me answer some questions that lay uh, out the steps the vice president and I are taking to prepare for the rising number of cases experts tell us we can expect in the weeks ahead. First, how concerned should you be about Omicron, which is now the dominant variant in this country and it happened so quickly? The answer is straightforward. If you're not fully vaccinated, you have good reason to be concerned. You're at a high risk of getting sick. And if you get sick, you're likely to spread it to others, including friends and family. The unvaccinated have a significantly higher risk of ending up in a hospital or even dying. Almost everyone who has died from COVID-19 in the past many months has been unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. But if you're, on, if you're among the majority of Americans who are fully vaccinated, and especially if you've gotten the booster shot, that third shot, you're much, you have much, much less reason to worry. You have a high degree of protection against severe illness. But because Omicron spreads so easily, we'll see some fully vaccinated people get COVID, potentially in large numbers. There will be positive cases in every office. Even here in the White House, among the unva- among the vaccinated, among the vaccinated from, from Omicron. But these cases are highly unlikely to lead to serious illness. Vaccinated people who get COVID may get ill, but they're protected from severe illness and death. That's why you should still remain vigilant. <clears throat> According to our doctors, even if you're fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask when indoors and in public settings. Wearing a mask provides extra protection for you and those around you. And I know some Americans are wondering if you can safely celebrate the holidays with your family and friends. The answer is yes, you can. If you and those you celebrate with are vaccinated, particularly if you've gotten your booster shot. If you are vaccinated and follow the precautions that we all know well, you should feel comfortable celebrating Christmas and the holidays as you planned it. You know, you've done the right thing because you enjoy the holiday season. And thanks to the progress on vaccinations this fall, 
We've gone from nearly 90 million adults in July who had not even started their vaccination process to fewer than 40 million today. <clears throat> Still too many, but down from 90 to 40. All these people who have not been vaccinated, you have an obligation to yourselves, to your families, and quite frankly, I know I'll get criticized for this, to your country. Get vaccinated now. It's free. It's convenient. I promise you, it saves lives. And I honest to God believe it's your patriotic duty. Another question folks are asking is, what can you do to make yourself and your family feel safer and be safer? The answer is simple. Get your booster shot. Wear a mask. Our doctors have made it clear. Booster shots provide the strongest of protections. Unfortunately, we still have tens of millions of people who are eligible for the booster shot would have not yet gotten it. They've gotten the first two shots, but they've not gotten the booster. Folks, the booster shots are free and widely available. Over 60 million Americans, including 62% of eligible seniors, our most vulnerable group, have gotten their booster shots. I got my booster shot as soon as they were available. And just the other day, former President Trump announced he had gotten his booster shot. It may be one of the few things he and I agree on. People with booster shots are highly protected. Join them. Join us. It's been six months or more since my second shot. If it's been six months or more for your second shot when I got my booster, you can get yours today. If you've been six months or more since your second shot. Another question that folks are asking is, are we going back to March 2020? Not this last March 2021, but... March 2020, when the pandemic first hit. <clears throat> That's what I keep getting asked. The answer is absolutely no. No. Here are three big differences between then and now. One, number one, the first one, more than 200 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. In March of 2020, no one was fully vaccinated. What that means is today, Cases, a case of COVID-19 for fully vaccinated and boosted person will most likely mean no symptoms or mild ones similar to the common respiratory viruses. <clears throat> Over 200 he million doesn't sound good. should have the peace of mind that they did not have in March of 2020. They're protected from hospitalization and they're protected from death. Second point. He's touching his face. We're prepared today for what's coming. In March of 2020... We were not ready. Today, we stockpiled enough, we stockpiled enough gowns, masks, and ventilators to deal with the surge of hospitalizations among the unvaccinated. Today, we're ready. And as I'll explain in a few minutes, a we're few going to minutes. be reinforcing our hospitals, helping them. Number three, we know a lot more today than we did back in March of 2020. For example, last year, we thought the only way to keep your children safe was to close, your, close our schools. Today, we know more and we have more resources to keep those schools open. We, you can get 5 to 11-year-olds vaccinated, a <clears throat> tool we didn't have until last month. Today, we don't have to shut down schools because of the case of COVID-19. Now, if a student tests positive, other students can take the test and stay in the classroom if they're not infected, rather than closing the whole school or having to quarantine. Yeah, tell that to the teachers' union. We keep union. our K through twelve schools open. That's exactly what we should be doing. 
So, folks, let me summarize. We should all be concerned about Omicron, but not panicked. If you're fully vaccinated, and especially if you got your booster shot, you are highly protected. And if you're unvaccinated, you're at a higher risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, getting hospitalized, and even dying. So the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated and get your booster shot. And no, this is not March of 2020. 200 million people are fully vaccinated. We're prepared. We know more. We just have to stay focused. So that's where we stand. Now, let me tell you about the additional steps I'm ordering today Hurry to up. take on what is coming. I know you've heard a lot of this in the news already this morning. Three weeks ago, I laid out a COVID-19 action plan for this winter that prepared us for this moment. Today, we're making the plan even stronger. First, we're setting up our vaccination and booster efforts. We're stepping it up significantly. In the past two weeks, we've seen the highest vaccination rates since last spring. And we aren't as vaccinated as a country as we should be, though. That's why we have added 10,000 new vaccination sites on top of the 80,000 sites that are already we had we already had in place. We're going even from 80,000 to 90,000. There are some parts of this country where people are very eager to get their booster. Where it's harder to get an appointment. Excuse me. <clears throat> All right. Enough. So Thank start- you. I got, I'm sorry I put you through that. I'm sorry I put myself through that. 500 testing kits, 500 million testing kits. That's the big news. That's coming in a little bit. I have to take a commercial break, Joe. That's It's commercials. They're run by people who started businesses, okay? That's, that's what we're doing now, okay? You wouldn't know about any of this. All right. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Ah, where did the uh, hour and 45 minutes go? Joe sounds weak. Really? We Well, what did we expect? What did we expect? 10,000 new vaccination centers. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right. You guys have been waiting. Uh, Josh in Dubronx. What's up? Joshua. Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah, how's it going? Greg, you know something? Did that lieutenant, right? I mean, not everybody in that bar was just frank. If somebody took that picture and gave it to the post, but you got to realize something. Let's say the big cat, he had a Christmas party across the street in a restaurant. Hey, right? Josh, what are you doing changing your name up all the time? Why do you do that? Could I finish? No, okay. Josh, you got to be straight with me, man. I mean, are you from the Bronx? You're changing up your name. Why do you do that? It's not funny. Disrespectful. Listen, I, it's disrespectful. This is my name. What do you want me to do? No, you change it. You make up names all the time. And now you're bringing up my boss. What do you want to say? You better be careful. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Let's say they have a Christmas party across the street, right? Yeah. And you're dancing with Margot, right? The, the, the rules of the workplace apply to Christmas parties and everything. But I don't think – I think these people had it in for this young guy, this lieutenant – because someone gave him the picture. This guy was married. They knew he was married, and they were going to get him in trouble. They were probably jealous of him because he was a lieutenant. I mean, how many guys today have girls crawl on top of them, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, jealousy is a, a motivator in a lot of things. Yeah, so he, he gets transferred. Maybe he doesn't want to get transferred. I know. These guys got screwed. Tell me something I don't know. I think you got something, though. Tell me something. Well, I know something else, too. 
I mean, it's called climbing the corporate ladder and stuff. That's what maybe the girl was doing. She was, she was smashing through the uh, glass ceiling there. But still, the bottom line, it's not funny. The guy is, is in trouble. He's in trouble with his wife. Yeah. And some sneaky clown, some slob in that bar provided that picture. Well, by the way, it wasn't that sneaky. There, I saw the video. There were like eight people holding up their cell phone cameras, taping the whole thing. And it was, in a weird way, it was kind of good-natured. I know that sounds crazy, but it was kind of good-natured. But anyway, made a big mistake, doesn't deserve to be on the front page of the newspaper, and I feel bad for that guy's wife, and I feel bad for that guy, and I even feel bad for the young girl. Thank you, Josh, whatever your name. Peter in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Hey, Greg, how are you doing? Good, what's up? Say, this bum, this bum Joe Biden's talking about patriotic duty. Mm. What about the patriotic duty that should be done on the border of ours? Yeah. Good point. You're right. If he wants to stop COVID, stop all these people coming in with their COVID, with their terrorism. You're right about that. Good point. Yeah, we forget about the border situation. I didn't last night. I did about five minutes on it. But uh, we are picking up terrorists all the time. They don't talk about that. The mainstream media doesn't talk about it. It's true. It's Yemeni guy who had all kinds of connections and you and COVID, it's coming in. If they really wanted to tamp this down, they'd be taking the border seriously. Hey, Craig, one more thing. Yeah. Craig, one more thing. Yeah. Say it. What? Get these Americans out of Pelosi's prison. Get the Americans out of Pelosi's prison. You mean the D.C. people? Yes, I mean yeah. exactly that. Yeah, the January 6th people. You know, Joe Biden, if he really, you know, he likes power. This guy should go visit those people in that jail and say, I want this fixed. Got to tell you, if he did that, wow, I would. I, I, I would, I would, I would, I would love it. And that would do a lot to unify this country. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, pardon me. All right. I got 30 seconds left. They're going to start playing the music. Sorry, Doug. Sorry, David. Sorry, Judas. Sorry, Rachel. Sorry, Wendy. Sorry, Eric. I can't take your calls. I got to go across the street and get ready for the big show. Um, which will entail rehashing this speech, but it doesn't seem like there's that much to rehash, right? Okay. Thank you. We're going to come up with something special for tonight. And uh, Christmas is coming. How many more? It's Saturday. How about that? All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Stand by. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.